Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good morning and welcome to another edition of The Plotting Shed. I hope you are all very well. This is the penultimate episode of the little series that I've been running at the moment inside the mind of a garden design. And this will be a two-part podcast because the topic I'm talking about today, I thought there's actually too much to discuss in one 20-25 minute episode. So we'll take one aspect of it this week and we'll follow up with the second aspect of it in next week's podcast, which will be the final one. And then I will restart in the new year, probably at the end of January, with a new season of podcasts. But I'll talk about that in next week's episode. So what am I, I was talking about today? Well, last week, uh, the week before, I said I would show you some of the designs of this garden that I've been revitalising for this particular customer. They had all the right plants there, just not how to put them in, in the right place and the garden was a bit of a muddle. And it got me thinking, do you know, this is such a common issue and a common theme that I hear as a designer or when I talk to customers or when I just talk to friends and and neighbours as to what's happened to the garden. So I thought, right, let's tackle this. This two-part episode is how you deal with muddled gardens. You know what's happened, that you've created a garden and over time you've gone to the garden centre and you've bought a plant or you've bought an object or an ornament or you've decided to put a border in here and you've gone back again and bought some more plants and popped them in gaps and over a period of time the garden has evolved into a bit of a pick and mix muddle it's just got bits and stuff here there and everywhere and it no longer seems to work together it just all seems to be a bit cluttered and now you don't want to spend money revamping the whole garden you've got enough stuff as it is in the garden and you've spent a lot of money. So how do you unmuddle the muddle? How do you sort out the issues that the garden has in order to just kind of put it back and make it look a a nicer garden to be in? And I thought this was such a common problem. I thought I would deal with it over these two podcasts. So I will put on the post uh, that will accompany this these two podcasts, which if you go onto my blog, uh, my website, plantplots.com, this will be forward slash muddled gardens. So you'll see some of the pictures of the gardens. And this is the sort of thing that you will be very familiar with yourself and how we go about undoing that process and just turning the garden back into something that you'll be happy and proud and enjoy being in for next year. There are two areas. What's wrong with the design layout of the garden? And then next week we'll look at the planting element. Now, 
gardens have this funny habit of evolving over time and that process of evolving tends to impact how the original design was created it changes slightly so in terms of your design layout you may have created your lawn and you've created a couple of borders that you've put plants in and you've put a patio down but over time where you walk across the garden the grass has got worn away and so you've plonked in a couple of paving slabs to provide yourself with a, a more hard wearing walking surface or the borders the plants grew a bit big so you cut cut the lawn back a little bit in order that the plants have a bit more space and gradually the design layout has evolved and morphed and no longer looks like the shapes of the garden that you originally put in and so we've got to try and bring it all back together again so what is the process and how do you do it so if we go back to some real basic simple principles that you can follow you can hopefully begin to rebuild the design of the garden that works everything that i say and tell you about in the plotting shed you can also read about in my book it's called i want to like my garden by rachel mccarty and it's available most online bookshops so amazon waterstones barnes and noble you can you can get it there's an ebook version and a paperback version so lots of what I say in all of these podcasts, you can see more detail and more pictures and lots more information that your garden needs to do three things at its fundamental level. You need a place to sit. You need a way to get to the place to, that you want like sitting at. And then when you're sitting at that place in your garden, that's the nicest part of the garden to sit at, you want to have something nice to look at. And at the very basic level, that's all a garden needs to do. It's a place where you can enjoy spending time outside. Is the layout of your garden working with how you like to sit in your garden? Now, very often patios are laid outside the back door of, of the house, which is very practical and very sensible, but that's not where the best place to sit is. And so what you've done over time is that you've plonked a table and chairs on the lawn over there in the sunniest corner. Or it might have been that where your patio was was lovely, but now a neighbouring tree in another garden puts that patio or that seating area in shade all day long. So again, you've moved your seating area to where the, the nicest part of the garden is. Give yourself the space to be able to sit and enjoy that place. Make it as big as you can so that when you're sitting there or you've got your table or you're eating out there, you're not squashed in. So once you've said, OK, that's where the that's the part of the garden that we're going to use. You now need to know how to get there. Small gardens have a very concentrated what we call footfall. In other words, probably 20% of your garden is going to be used at least 80% of the time. You will walk the same route, whether it's on a path, whether it's on, a, on the lawn, to get from here to the sunniest place to have your cup of coffee in the morning. And so how you get to the place that you sit needs a pathway or a route that you can use that is easy, 
straightforward route to that seating area. It has to be hard wearing enough because it takes the most of the footfall. Now, the third thing is that when you sit down at any part of the garden, or in your favorite seating area rather, when you are sitting there, you want something nice to look at. Now, I've said this numerous times and written about it on my website and in the book, but a really good way of determining what you will look at is to go and grab a chair and plonk it in the place where you like to sit or the seating area will be. Do that, sit in the chair, sun on your face, favorite spot, shut your eyes and then open them. Now, the first thing that catches your attention, the first place that you look, that tells you where your look at me planting border scheme should go. And if you follow those basic three principles, because in a small garden, let's just make one area of planting really, really effect, really good to look at, then your garden back at the very basic level will have achieved and delivered to you all the things it needs to do. Declutter your mind and answer those three questions. It's a good starting point to help you bring the garden back. The next problem that arises with the design of the garden is with regard to the boundaries that you have. Now, most urban and suburban gardens will have fencing or hedging all around the garden in order to provide you some security and to define your garden space and to provide you with privacy. But what then tends to happen is that we have these fences which are not terribly attractive, so people grow things on them or they plant a hedge in front of them or big tall shrubs to hide the fencing. So those shrubs, hedges, trees and plants use up space to hide the fencing, which then narrows the available space you've got to use. So you make your usable space smaller, which forces you more into the centre of the garden. Now, when you are in the centre of the garden, then you suddenly discover that you're overlooked by houses and people next door. So the reaction to it generally is that you grow taller, bigger things around the edges to screen yourself off from the neighbours and create the privacy. But those then grow taller and darker and it cuts out more light available at the bottom of the garden, or sorry, on the bottom where things grow. So you can grow less because they just, they're struggling to grow with all the hedges and the trees and the big shrubs. And so you have less nice things to look at because these structures are bigger in order to hide what is where the boundary is. On top of that, we have become a nation or a, a power tool lovers and the big shrubs and the hedges and the trees then get pruned by the hedge trimmers, which tends to create very artificial rigid shapes. So we have rectangular hedges with a flat top. We have dome-shaped shrubs. But these do two things. One, they suck up light and nutrients, making it difficult for other things to grow. And secondly, they're great big blobs that don't do anything. So in our 
small garden that we've made smaller because we put hedges all the way around to try and give us privacy so we have a smaller space in the centre. We then find that we can't grow what we would like to grow because nothing grows very well because these things have got bigger. But because we're then moved into the centre more and we, seem, we, we feel the lack of privacy, we grow these up even taller to give ourselves more and you get caught in this negative cycle. So what I am advocating is this. Rather than creating a barrier around the inside of your fences to provide privacy, try and make the whole garden private, go to the place that you sit at and identify where the lack of privacy is. So if it's upstairs windows from the neighbours behind you or to the left or the right, and think where strategically could I place a taller plant or small tree or something that will give me privacy when I am sitting in my favourite place. So rather than create a garden where you try and make the whole of it private, concentrate on making it feel private in the place that you use it. Because then all of a sudden you don't need to have big wall boundaries all the way round. Strategically place one small tree will make me feel private because the neighbours can't see in. And this then opens up all of that extra space in the garden for you to look at how you can use it. And it will give you the opportunity to make the, the lawn wider. You can take the lawn right up to the fence. You can create different borders in different places. All because we're losing this green wall privacy mentality of covering my boundaries. But what I hear you cry, what about the fact that we've still got ugly fences and they're not particularly attractive and they're still there. And now if I'm removing big shrubs and trees and hedges, I'm just going to see them more. And yes, you will. But the argument here is you might see them, but you won't notice them as much because the planting and the borders that you create are going to be in, in say, a, a more confined and concentrated space. So it is more dramatic and more impactful. And because you will be looking at what's going on in the border, the fences become less dominant because your attention is being distracted by something else. Now, with anything, you can always paint fences and not fence brown or Look at me, I'm almost invisible green because those are not good colours for fencing to be painted. But there are ways that you can disguise and enhance the fences by being a bit clever. You'll see on my website, there's a couple of designs I've done where you put some mirrored trellis on fences or you paint the fences certain colour, you put a different colour trellis on the front things, you can put some garden art on the fences all of which make the fence more beautiful, but you don't have to cover the fence up or hide it behind something in order to make it less noticeable. We make it less noticeable by making something else that is much nicer, more noticeable. So that then goes on to the last part of this, is that once you have thought through where you want to actually sit and how you're going to get there and are they in the right place and you know where your big main border your one big main border is going to be 
and we've looked at how you can strategically keep the privacy but regain space in the garden by losing some of these unnecessary garden walls you will have visually decluttered so now you can put back those lines and vistas and views that you want to see if you've created this place to sit and, and we know when we're sitting there that's where the main boardroom is that is the vista that you are looking at from the patio in the garden to the main border so you're creating this view mainly be a not not a very long one but it, it is a view in the garden but you also need to come inside the house because the house has defined views of the garden as well so when you look out of your kitchen window where would you want to be made to look and what could you plant or what could you put somewhere that would capture your attention similarly if you're sitting in the sitting room now from a seated perspective on your sofa and you're looking out to the garden where would a strategic placement of something give you a view from inside the house that captures your attention out into the garden so in terms of the overall design layout take it back to fundamental basics will help you enormously and as I said a lot of the stuff that I've spoken about you you will see what I mean with you know if you look in my book which is as I've said I want to like my garden on Amazon have a read in there because part two of this about the planting the book has a section at the back uh, which I've called um, planting with boxes which is a really useful design method that you can use for restructuring planting which we'll talk about in part two of this particular podcast thank you for listening tune in next week and we'll tie it all together with how you can revitalize your planting in your garden and hopefully part one and part two will give you a really good basis to start thinking about how next year in january you can get back into your garden with a renewed sense of vigor and purpose and declutter and make it the garden that you want for next year. So I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, you've been listening to Rachel McCartney. Do please stay safe, do stay well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartney of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.